Spotting the needs of niche customers and developing a specific product makes good business sense. My guest today realized that his consultancy business model wasn't suited to smaller companies looking to comply with auto-enrollment. So he built his own online solution for that niche called AE in a Box. This is the inspiring story of how Chris used digital technology to simplify a complex process. Hear how Chris built AE in a box and the challenges he faced on the way. Listen to how he took the concept to market and the lessons he learned. Chris's experience proves that anyone can develop their own products thanks to the tools available on the internet. Don't miss this fascinating story from a real expert on auto-enrollment. It's a slightly longer than usual episode of the Empath Podcast with some really useful tangents about new social media platform Natter and the internet design wholesaler Fiverr.com. That's all right here in episode 29 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance Podcast. Welcome. You're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. So let's get started and this week I'm delighted to introduce my guest to you and he is Chris Dames. Chris is the director of both Principal Financial Solutions and the Auto Enrollment Advisory Group as well as being an experienced financial planner. The majority of his clients are directors of owner-managed businesses, and Chris considers this to be his particular area of expertise. However, more recently, Chris has specialised in helping firms of all sizes, ranging from 1,500 through to 30 employees, with the challenges they face whilst meeting the employer's duties relating to auto-enrollment regulation. Chris won Blue Book Newcomer and Pensions Advisor of the Year Award at the Unbiased Advisor Awards 2014 and was runner-up for Most Innovative Business and finalist for Real Life Entrepreneur in last year's London FSB Awards and also won Group Pension Advisor of the Year and was commended for SIP Advisor of the Year at the 2014 FT Advisor Life and Pensions Awards. Over the past few months, Chris has been instrumental in launching AE in a Box, a software tool designed to empower small employers to comply with auto-enrollment regulation in the most straightforward way possible. Chris is married to Cassie and has two daughters, Charlotte, who's 11, and Sophie, who is 3. One thing you might not know about Chris is his cousin was the first Ron Seal man, and therefore the first person to use the phrase, it does exactly what it says on the tin on Primetime TV. So, Chris, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thanks, Roger. It's a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Not a problem. And, and, and how are you today, Chris? I'm really well, you know. I, I'm having a good day. The weather outside is acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> it's not, I, I don't know how more uh, politely I can put it. It's, it's not great, but we can live with that. We can, um, we can always live with acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, life's good. Life's good. I'm particularly looking forward to talking about AE in a box. 
Yeah. And uh, and finding out exactly what it says and, and what it does on the tin. Yeah. Um, I can remember many years ago, I think it was Boots actually started trying to sell life insurance in a box. And I always quite like that sort of idea. It's a little bit quirky and, 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 a, and a little bit fun. So it'll be interesting to find out a little bit more about AE in a box. But before we do, Chris, I always like to start the podcast off by finding out a little bit about you. So tell sure. the people who are listening where you came from, what your ambitions are, what makes you tick? Oh, that's a really good question. So, so uh, I, I come from East London, and like most people from East London, I, ne- I now live in Essex. So I've done the sort of the migration out east towards Essex. Uh-huh. Um, professionally, I've worked in financial planning and financial services all my professional career. Um, I started off at the Woolwich, which was an old provincial building society, now got swallowed up by Barclays. Um, I worked for Barclays for a little while. Um, then I worked for a couple of, of building societies in between. Uh, I then went to work for the RBS Group, which is not the most popular thing to say nowadays, Roger. But it was a really <laughs> good, it was a really good experience and a really good grounding in working with both individuals and corporate clients. Then I had my first proper IFA experience, and that was it was now nine years ago with a company called Bluefin that, that, that was owned by AXA. Uh-huh. Um, and five and a bit years ago, I set my practice up. So my my journey's been sort of long and varied, but uh, really really good really good journey along the way and a massive uh trophy cabinet of awards that you must have <laughs> uh, uh, in, in fact the trophy cabinet must be something you're going to have to extend soon i would think well I'm, you know what i might have to sling a few in the bin because <laughs> I, I can't i can't keep on talking about awards i won last year or the year before we've been really fortunate in being recognized for a lot of our work and um and that that always makes me uh, massively grateful the unbiased awards 2015 is is coming up this year and we're we're up for four we're nominated and we're on the shortlist for four of those but the one that i want the most because i'm not going to get it for many more years is the young ifa of the year (laughs) Um, they've actually increased the threshold from 35 to 40 this year um, and i'm 37 so i've just limboed under (laughs) limboed under um, and, and, and yeah, it will be the last year I'll probably, you know, last couple of years I can probably pick that up. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing if I get that one. And I was having a look at the Principal Financial Solutions website this morning. Yeah. And, and of course I follow you on Twitter and, and I follow your uh, frequent blog posts and, and everything. Your website is, is, is really interesting, Chris. A lot of really good content on there. You're quite a prolific blogger. Um, so a man after my own heart. Sure. I do like the, the blogs that you write. You seem to have a great way of, how could I say it? You, you almost find two completely unrelated things so you might find a uh, talk about a pub on one side and a car on another and then by the end of the article you've made a really shrewd point about something financial and i really like that approach it it, it really sucks people in and makes it interesting yeah you, you, know, you know what it makes it enjoyable to write primarily roger and if, if you're going i find that writing for me is all about i i enjoy it i do it regularly um it makes me and helps me think about certain topics in a different way and if i can find a way to explain a quite dour financial topic in a way that people can relate to then i've done my job in in a in a 
piece of writing that I do. And it helps me share as well. So I recently wrote one about the fact that I now need glasses and need to go to positions, <laughs> um, which was a new experience for me. But actually having glasses um, and, and, and having, having that sort of readjustment in vision has made me focus a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, that can be related to a bunch of stuff in, in terms of what we do as a business. Yeah, it's always good to find an, an interesting angle. I mean, I've got a life assurance article, which I haven't published yet, which uh, it started off by somebody saying to me, isn't protection just a ridiculous name for what that part of the industry does? Um, so I started thinking about it and ended up writing an article that was very heavily orientated toward Thunderbirds and Jerry Anderson and all of Excellent. that. So <laughs> whether I publish it, I don't know. So what was the name? What was the name you came up with? Somebody said, what would it be? What would it be better than protection? And, and the suggestion was financial rescue. And, oh, of co- I've, uh, and of course, immediately I started thinking about international rescue, and, <laughs> and then it became international financial rescue, and then all of a sudden, life assurance becomes Thunderbird One, and critical illness cover becomes Thunderbird Two, and before you know it, I'm in geek's paradise. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wrote one started last year. It must have been now for Advisor Lounge, uh-huh. and um, it was about the perception of pensions by the public. So right. How are pensions seen, and is the word pension in itself a, a toxic term so do people regard it as something or oh, actually it's pensions I'm not too keen on it uh-huh. and I wonder whether it was time for a rebrand and just call it something like Alan or Stick <laughs> um, and see if that, that went down in a far better light than, than just pensions but, have you, um, been, co- have but you yeah. been contributing to your Steve this week yeah <laughs> I love it. I love it. And of course, other content that you've got on the website that I notice as well, and this sort of takes us into the, the topic of this week's podcast. Sure. You've written a white paper about yeah. auto enrollment, which again is, is an extremely useful piece of content for employers to download and read. But AE in a box. Yeah. Chris, tell us about AE in a box. What's that? So it's probably worth explaining our, our experience with auto-enrolment and our journey through helping large and medium-sized employers to, to where we are in the marketplace now okay. and, and, and just talking through why we developed A in a box. So we got involved in, as a business, as principal, we got involved in the auto-enrolment market. It's coming up to two years ago now. And at that time, the primary focus was helping medium-sized employers comply. So the employers who had to comply with auto-enrollment at that stage were relatively large in nature. So our largest employer we helped through employed 1,500. They were a fashion retailer. Okay. Um, And at that stage, all employers... Um, it was really pertinent for employers of that size. And what worked really well for those employers was a consultative approach. So we used, we went in with, with the employer, we sat down with the financial director, the HR manager, the head of payroll, and sat down and just built a really good project plan bespoke for that business based on what they needed. And okay. we helped them implement that project plan. Now that's been continuing over the last sort of 18 months because the medium-sized employers have the both the financial resource to pay for a consultative solution so somebody like me to come in and do and do the work for them and, and guide them and support them but also the the resource internally to commit to a solution like that 
I suppose the other the other thing to bear in mind with the larger employers is that their needs tended to be quite complex because what you might find is that there was two or three pension schemes in place. Uh, we had an employer with uh, two or three payrolls, and the project plan we had to build for for auto enrolment. Um, was was different to what we've got coming up, which is quite a simplified solution for the smaller employers. Okay. So about nine to 12 months ago, we started looking at the auto-enrolment market, and we said, can we deliver a consultative solution to SMEs? And typically, our, our charges for a consultative solution were between 6,000 as a minimum up to uh, tens of thousands for the larger employers. And the reason we had to charge that is because the, the work for the larger employers is fairly labour-intensive in terms of the time it takes. And the issue you've got with the smaller end of the market is, um, number one, they haven't got, uh, many of them haven't got that sort of budget to commit to auto-enrolment compliance, okay. um, but no desire to pay that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two choices. We could decide to either um, come out of that market entirely and say, you know what, we've got our um, medium-sized employers on retained um, arrangements. We'll just carry on helping them and that will be our business model. Or, or turn, turn the business on its head and say, how can we deliver me and my team in a box? So, so <laughs> not physically, <laughs> but but all of our knowledge and skills and and project planning. How could we deliver that in a way that SME employers could use really effectively? And if we if we can do that effectively, we don't need to charge consultative levels of fees. We can charge a low amount, empower the employer to do it themselves but give them the knowledge, tools, skills and support to do the job. And that's where I in a box was born. So we, we did some research and the, the research, findings of the research you can find in the white paper. Uh, and I'm sure we'll put a link to that, Roger, on the, uh, on the, on the show notes. Definitely. Uh, just so somebody can have that. And we started thinking about, okay, so how do we do it? Um, and what do we need to do? So we did some research. We went out to 50 accountancy contacts that, that we had ranging from large accountancy practices all the way through down to um, to one-man businesses with a really small number of payroll and said, tell us what your employers are saying about auto-enrolment. And what the employers were saying effectively was we want somebody to guide us to help us do the job, but we're quite comfortable doing the day-to-day administrative tasks. Okay. So that's what Iron Box is. It's a framework and a project management tool for employers to comply with auto-enrolment by giving them the tasks they need to complete both now and in the future to help them comply. So really your light bulb moment, and I usually ask people about the light bulb moment, that the light bulb moment was realising that if you didn't come up with a different approach, you were effectively going to exclude yourself from a fairly sizable number of potential customers. Yeah, I mean the, mar- the market, the, the approach in auto enrolment market is far bigger than what we've had before. Uh, there's 40, uh, circa 45,000 employers who are going to comply this year. Um, and there's hundreds of employers that are going to comply next year. Now, the the approach we need to take to help those employers is a real systemized, automated, process-driven one because with the greatest will in the world, there's not enough of me <laughs> or, 
auto-enrollment specialists to, to do that really well um, if we're just swapping time for money. So, so we had to build a product designed to, 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 to deliver that solution. And so it's online, and I was I was having a look at the A in a Box website, and again, yep. you know, I, I'm not the world's biggest expert on uh, auto enrolment. In fact, I know very little about it at all. But again, I was I was quite staggered to see that there are 33 tasks involved in a company getting ready for auto enrolment, and your estimate, well, actually, the Center of Economics and Business Research estimate is that it would take at least 103 man days for an average size company to implement yeah. auto enrollment so how have you gone about chunking that down into into a, a product which people can effectively subscribe to and use really easily online so the the, the idea was to take all our experience and knowledge from the medium-sized end of the end of the market and just really identify the really small tasks designed to uh, the employers that need to do to help them comply. Now, if you look on the pensions regulator website, and actually SME, SME employers can comply that way. They can mm-hmm. go on the pension regulator website, read the 662 pages of detail <laughs> guidance, and just do it themselves. But what we've tried to do is is, is make it as step by step, as plain English, as easy as possible. So every time you click into a task, if there's something you need to do off A in a box, like do something on the pension regulator website, we give you the direct link to do that, and then you just tick to say it's done. You, you interestingly, Roger, you ask about my my why. Why has this been such a really exciting challenge for us? And um, why not just stick to the knitting and just run a consultancy-based business? I know my life would be a lot easier if I <laughs> I like the feeling of giving the tools that we've got and democratising them. So I, I, I really enjoy the fact that through A in a Box, we can turn around and go, you know, for an SME employer, normally it would be out of your budget to have us in in terms of in in your business and doing this sort of stuff, but what we've done with Ana Box is democratise just a small element, a particular niche of financial services, and that's that's exciting to me. If we can give that to thousands in thousands of employers over the course of the next couple of years, that that that's incredibly exciting. And what were the challenges that you faced actually getting this off the ground? Because to try and to try and simplify and to try and focus on the most important elements must have been quite a... I mean, if you're saying that the main paper was how many? Nearly 700 pages long, and I imagine that that's 700 pages of almost impossible to read uh, management speak. It must have been quite a, a, a challenge to get this product into the sort of shape that it would appeal to your customers. Yeah, Um Oh, challenges! How long have you got? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the first, the first thing is we've never built a product before, so we've always been a consultative business. However, the fact that we'd had some, so auto enrolment isn't about pensions, really. It's about admin, about processes, about project management. And when we started tendering for a lot of the larger cases, we had to learn that really quickly. Mm-hmm. However, what, what that enabled us to do is, is have that project management background, which, was, which, which has been really useful in terms of developing a, a product. The biggest challenge is, interestingly, is in simplification. 
Yeah. And I had a, I had a meeting on Friday. We're doing some work with a, a city-based uh, IFA firm who are using A in a box who said, Chris, we love it. It's, I, I don't want you to be insulted about this, but it does look very simple. And I, I was like, you know what that even though i could have been insulted that's the biggest compliment they could have given me because we've put loads of work into taking the complex and making it simple wow i mean do you know i have spent a large part of my career banging the simplicity drum and i think just the nature of financial services the nature of big businesses that it actually just wants things to be complicated half the time and whilst that was a great compliment that that person gave you i actually don't think he was being complimentary when he said that or he didn't realize he was being complimentary but why shouldn't things be simple absolutely i think for too long with financial services has been shrouded in complication and a lot of that is because it suits (laughs) <laughs> it suits consultants you know if if it's complex you need somebody there to explain it um but we're, we're moving into a different world now roger you know yeah. we're, mo- we're moving into a world where the tools are being developed to simplify everything uh it's happened in the accountancy space it's happened in you know the knowledge space so wikipedia's democratized knowledge more than ever before and you know there's a bunch of online tools the problem with too much knowledge is there's not enough structure yeah so you you can get auto enrollment knowledge from a bunch of different resources what we've done is put some structure around it and, and made it so that employers have not only got the knowledge but know what they need to do next in a really streamlined structure um, and that that was the biggest challenge for us how do we take all this knowledge and make it into a structure that employers can just pick up and work with. I think that's a problem we all face these days, is information and knowledge overload. As you say, you know, you can go onto the internet and you can learn a lot about pretty much any subject, but if you actually want to put it into practice, you can spend a lot of time actually just wondering how the hell do I make that first step forward. And that's what you've you've done with AE in a Box. You've given people a structure and you've given people a roadmap, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing as well is um, what we've we've tried to do is develop it for for the professionals to use as well. Mm -hmm. So as of the end of January, we're on target um, for 200 IFAs across the country to be using AE in a Box. Okay. And the reason that the reason they tell us they're attracted to using it is because it allows them to empower their employers to to comply with auto enrolment so they can focus on where their value is mm-hmm. so and that tends to be typically dealing with the directors of these businesses on a private capacity but however auto enrolment is the issue that a lot of these business owners are worried about today and need to get solved yeah and of course overcoming the challenges as you have done makes all of us stronger in business what would you say was the one big idea that you'd like those people who are listening to the empath podcast today to take away from the experiences you've had with this be prepared for a few more gray hairs i, I think <laughs> i think is probably a probably a, now um what, what would I, what, what what's the one big idea you know what just the fact that it's possible i think Previously, there was a perception that to build any sort of product, you needed to be a large bank, a large financial institution to to even contemplate building something that's going to solve a big business problem. 
Yeah. But there, there was there was there was a significant cost involved in developing A in a box. But the fact that we could collaborate with other people, build it, and and and, and outsource as opposed to insource a lot of the jobs that needed to be done, and do that at a relatively low low cost, has meant that for a smaller business like us, we've managed to build something that that's a good, really good quality product that helps employers comply. So I think the big key message that regardless of the size of your business, you know, those big ideas with some hard work and with some implementation and with outsourcing um, can be, uh, yeah, can be achievable. I think that's a great, a great insight, Chris, and, 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 a, and a lesson for all of us. I mean, again, it's not just the ability to develop products that's become simpler. It, it's the fact we're having this conversation now over Skype and, and recording yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Ten years ago, you know, we would have had to have hired a studio to do this. Yeah. Um, other people are getting into videos. You know, ten years ago, ago again, you would have had to have hired a, a BBC sound crew with rigs and uh, yeah. lighting gantries and all of that, whereas today you can do it on an iPhone. And the tools are there for entrepreneurial people to produce products to produce marketing and and to put simple stuff in front of of customers it, it's yeah. it's so inspiring yeah you, you know the, you know the other exciting thing for me i mean a in a box was uk coded we used a great firm down on the south coast to co-potato to help us develop it but um you know what the world's small now roger you know if, yeah. if you want to you know we i i'm i'm writing a book at the moment and i've set the website up to write the book um and a guy in malaysia designed the logo for the book um using a website called fiverr.com yes um and it cost me three pound 80 sterling now if i was to if if I was to try and do that even five years ago, get in touch with a guy in Malaysia to design me something for a fiver, it wouldn't have been possible. You know, no. it's just it's just incredible how the web's made the world such a small part. Fiver's great. I uh, I think we'll put that in the show notes as well, Chris. I actually got just after Christmas, I got the the lady who now does the voiceover at the front of the podcast because I thought yeah. people are getting sick of hearing my voice, <laughs> so I thought I'd have have, some, have somebody with a nice voice at the start of the podcast and again. I think because it was over a hundred words, I had to spend ten dollars on oh, the. Uh, so you know, um, <laughs> but what an ama- what amazing value for money to get yeah. that sort of resource, and bringing it back to to a in a box. Obviously, one of the things that we get criticised quite a lot in the uh, financial services industry is our lack of customer focus. But a in a box seems pretty customer focused to me. T- tell us tell us a little bit about how you've how you've thought about the customer and the customer journey in the, in yeah. the development of your product. Yeah, so it started off with research. So effectively, we wanted to understand where the um, where the pinch points were for, for, our, for our clients and our customers because when we were in the development stage, we wanted to build something that was truly valuable. Now, currently, a lot of the software in the AE market replaces and duplicates uh, payroll functionality. Okay. So uh, you've got uh, pieces of software called called middleware that are designed to do some of the ongoing tasks for auto enrolment. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's companies like Sage and Iris, who um, are payroll companies, who are now coming out with their new their pieces of kit, which make a lot of those middleware um, so- software packages redundant because they do it in the house. Yeah. Now, what our what our employers told us is, what, you know, what we want. We're we're fine with the 
payroll functionality and we'll buy you know independent software if we need to but where we really need support is just to help us comply and, and keep us clean and that's that's how we've built it so it started off with research to understand what our what our market wanted and then it went to a stages a stage of what well, how do we do this in the most simple straightforward process driven way way possible um and that's that's taken a lot of work actually mm-hmm. uh, simplicity should be simple to develop but i can tell you from experience, <laughs> it's actually the opposite um because every time it would be simpler just to use a piece of terminology that you understand um as opposed to have to translate you know 662 pages of the <laughs> of the regulator into language that everybody understands um so we, we yeah we went we went through the process so it was research um, in the development stage, we put our employer head on at every stage of the way and said, this ain't about us, this is about the employer, how do we build it for them? And you know what? A lot of what we developed was based on nudge theory. Okay. So have you, have you read a, have you read a book? It's by a guy called, um, Richard Thaler, uh, who's a university professor in the University of Chicago called Nudge. Yes, I've read that. Effectively, it's a lot of what auto-enrollment regulation is based on. There's a lot in there in terms of nudging people into saving for their longer term future. But when it comes to compliant employers complying with auto-enrollment, they also need to be nudged because some of the tasks they may not do within the, within the timescales they need to. So, in a box sends them an email and says look just a quick nudge as a reminder here's what you need to do yeah so so what we're doing is we're providing a that might get slightly annoying i'm thinking now but actually that's a good thing because we can continue to help employers remind them that this is really important to do um and the other the other thing did you do you remember an experiment in there. There's an experiment that one, I think a few of his students did out in Chicago with ice cream. Uh, Richard Thaler's students went out into the streets of Chicago and they had three different stalls. They had one with uh, one ice cream flavour, it was vanilla. One with a bunch of different ice cream flavours, you know, they had 20 different ice cream flavours, Rocky Road and you know, loads of different ones. And the one in the middle had three. It had chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah. At the end of the day, they came back and totted up what was the most successful. And, and it was the one with three by, um, by 200% of the other two put together. Now, the reason behind that, uh, Thaler talks about is the fact that people like choice, but they don't want to be bombarded with choice because it makes decisions more difficult i absolutely remember that now it's uh, it's all coming back to me because i've seen that example used as an argument as to why say a fund management company shouldn't have 500 funds to choose from because people as you say they like the choice therefore if you only give them one they'll probably not select you but if you give them 500 that's too much so something nice and 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 manageable three or a a few more is is going to be a, a a lot lot easier for them to work with yeah so you've read some of my blog so you know i like threes in my in my blog title so three suited uh suited us down to the ground so when it comes to both pension software selection we give all our employers a choice of three right so so the employer 
is empowered by the fact that they've got a choice. Yes. They're not confused by the fact that they've got too many. So we've tried to use sort of some social psychology ju- just to make the buying process and the, the complying process as smooth and as easy as possible. I'm a big fan of the uh, the rule of three as well myself. In fact, <laughs> in fact, there's probably another whole podcast on the whole subject of uh, the rule of three and what are your three words for this year, etc., etc. Yeah, well, I th- you know, you know what? I, th- I think you've submitted three for my. I've, I've got to write some blogs. I I, I sent out. A, I, I wrote a blog entry saying, "Give me your three words," and I'll, I'll write. Um, I'll write a blog on it. It's quite, it's, it's quite a nice challenge, actually, to give people three words, just like you've said, and, and to try and make a, uh, something out of it. And just as an aside, and I'll leave this in because this is so completely tangential to what we're talking about, <laughs> but, but uh, I, found, I found a new social media network this week. Is it um, Natter? It's Natter, yeah. I, I, it was <laughs> Phil, Phil Calvert that pointed it out to me. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a bit like Twitter, but you've only, you're only allowed to use three words i love it absolutely love it you know what i love i saw phil last week he uh, he, he was doing a presentation on social media and i was catching up with him on a on a couple of things and um he had a natter one on there which was three words which was just about sausages i thought i can't even remember <laughs> what it was and I, now I can't get out of, that, out of my head that the only three words that I could come up with is pigs in blankets. <laughs> that's, my, that's my all-time favourite Christmas dinner food. You know, Absolutely. Give me pigs in blankets and I'm a happy man. So I'd have to just keep on nattering pigs in blankets every ten minutes. I, I don't I know what put now. That, that natter's grabbed my attention. I haven't quite worked out what it would be useful for in the social media um, uh, arena. However, it's incredibly, it's very cerebral trying to condense things. I mean, it's hard enough condensing things down into 140 characters, but to condense things down to three words is just incredible so have you have you joined Netta? yes i have (laughs) three what were your three word tweets oh yes here we are my first post on natter was just joined natter (laughs) (laughs) how how original is that (laughs) i wonder how many people as the first natter post put that in just joined natter yeah i should be slapped on the head for being so unoriginal yeah have you have you this is this is your challenge, Roger. Um, seeing as I haven't joined Natter yet because I haven't had time, but I'm going to, and my first tweet will be sausage related. <laughs> I'm I'm going to look forward to that. <laughs> and uh, just talking before about the extension to your your building for all these awards that you've won, I think I'm going to award you the Empath Award for 2015 for taking us off at the biggest tangent ever but that but that was that was really great fun and just to finish off talking about an a in a box um how are you how are you actually getting it out to the market how are you promoting it and how are advisors other financial advisors getting involved now obviously i know you're very big on social media you've got the website you've got your blog your content and all of that and that's funneling people to a in a box but just quickly tell us about how you're promoting yourself chris the interesting thing roger is with a in a box we've been talking about the development of it throughout its development cycle yes so so throughout us building and developing it we've started 
gaining a snowball of interest which means that that we launched back end of November we already had a list of IFAs and accountants who wanted to use it straight away so we've been really lucky in that regard Um, that's growing every day um, and we're finding uh, today we've added four new uh, IFAs and accountants I checked it just before I came on so that's been that's been great uh, and and word is spreading so word spreading in in a number of ways some of it some of it driven by us and some of it not the stuff driven by us is very much social media we've had some great coverage in the press so you know i'm really thankful for 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 the guys in the press to do that uh, but also the stuff not driven by us is um the word of mouth stuff yes. so there, there's a lot of talk in the ifa community about um uh, about how they solve this problem and because we've got so many great advocates out there in the IFA community they keep on pointing their mates back to us right um and and that's that's developing um hugely so so the IFAs have got hold of our piece of kit um and effectively you know they are going out to their employers and their accountancy connections and talking about A in a box and how, how it solves their problem. So effect, effectively, our distribution model is, well, look, let's rely on our fellow financial planners and financial advisors in the community to, to distribute the product on our behalf. And so far, they're doing a fantastic job in doing it. Our, our target for the amount of employers who are going to use A in a box this year um, is going to be between 2,000 and 3,000 employers. Uh, now, bear in mind that we've got 200 IFAs, so actually that's not a lot. That's 10 employers each. We're in a position where we're on target to achieve that. That's fantastic. Chris, I've learned a lot today about auto-enrollment and uh, your fascinating model, and it's really interesting, again, what you've done is you've identified a customer base that wouldn't have been served by your existing model and yeah. you've used digital technology to come up with a simple solution and let's face it you've taken 700 pages worth of legislation and shoehorned it down into a simple online solution yeah that and was a fun afternoon Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it's been great to talk to you about uh, AE in a Box Chris but before we go can I just finish off by asking you four quick fire questions yeah if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry, you know, perhaps by waving the magic wand, what would it be? Uh, well, I think we've touched on it, um, but there, there's, there's a, just a tiny bit I'd add on. I'd just make it way more simple for people to engage with financial services. It's just accessibility and simplicity. Now, interestingly, that's changing for the better. Because also, if you look at Australia, Roger, yeah. Um, the super, which is the uh, a far better name for a, for a pension in Australia, is um, means that more people than ever are now engaged with money because yeah. they've got pots of money. Um, and I think all-term enrolment, longer term, will make that happen in the UK. Um, but also, technology is going to be driving that as well. What's the one business model or product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? Even if it was a competitor, tell us what it was and what yeah. you liked about it. Yeah, so 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 there, there's one that I think is a million miles ahead of of everything else in the um, simplicity and ex- accessibility space, and that's a, a company called Learnvest. Have okay. you heard of Learnvest? I've not. No. Yeah, Learnvest are a US firm. They are financial planning firm 
access to certified financial planners and a bunch of online tools designed to help individuals who are accumulating wealth get further. Right. So it's, it's, it's not designed for people at the stage where they've already accumulated wealth. It's designed to, to help people build up to that. Um, and their costs um, are $299 set up, so 150 quid. Yeah. Um, and then $19 per month. So they've really, in the US, they've really democratized getting access to financial support. And I think that's an incredible arrow to say if, you know, what typically what happens in the US <laughs> eventually comes over here. So, uh, so it'd be interesting to, to see how that develops. In the UK, there's a few really, there's a couple of really good, um, propositions that are propping up, which are similar. Uh, one of them's Wealth Horizon, which okay. is a, a direct consumer platform, which is really exciting. And the other one is Said So. Um, which is run by a guy called Keith Churchhouse, and effectively he's doing his bit using online tools to democratise financial planning really effectively. So that's exciting for me. Those sound like interesting companies, and as as always, I'll include links to those companies in the show notes. Okay. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your life and or your business. Yeah, so I've got two. From a personal perspective, RunKeeper is really useful for me. Um, and, and primarily because I'm quite lazy. Um, um, and RunKeeper reminds me that I need to go out for a run every now and again. So um, I use RunKeeper to set my running targets. I use it to set my training goals. And I'm hoping next year to... I, I, did, I did my first half marathon last year. I'm going to do a couple this year, and hopefully um, I'll be on track for a marathon next year with the help of RunKeeper. From a from a business perspective, I found this tool back end of last year called My Firms Apps. It's designed for accountants and financial planners to use, and it's just a bunch of really useful calculators. So you've got you know, limited company sole trader comparisons, VAT calculations, IHT calculations. You know, all, all within this app that you can give to your clients as well. Now, the My Firms apps to download from the App Store is free, but you can have it white labelled for your firm at a cost. So, so that's probably worth taking a look at because it's really useful on the go to have all these calculator calculators and tools on hand on your on your phone. That's really interesting. I've never come across an app before that you can white label. That's a new one on me. Yep. And finally, what's the best business book you've ever read, Chris? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. You know my propen- propensity for threes, Roger. So Indeed. I, I couldn't narrow it down. I, I really struggled with this. <laughs> so we're going to have three books. <laughs> so the first one is, is a book by a gentleman called Robert Cialdini. It's called Influence. Um, and it's fantastic for anybody in business who's looking to understand the psychology of building authority. Really breaks down the rules of authority and influence. It's well written, full of stories, full of really good examples. Um, but it's also, as we've said, you know, it's fine having the knowledge, but you also need to have the practical tools to implement some of this stuff. And the great news is, is it's full of practical techniques that work. The next one that changed the way I th- about a bunch of different stuff is a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Now, Daniel Kahneman won a Nobel Prize for economics 
few years ago now, but actually he's a social psychologist. And he talks about the fact that in our lives, we might tend to make decisions using now the emotional side of our brains. Yes the logical side of our brains and potentially how to avoid some of the biases we naturally make in our lives and how that can inform and make better decisions. The busier that I get, the more efficient I'm trying to become. So a book full of really practical tips for me to do that was um, thinking, uh, sorry, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Really good, really practical and, and really helped me just make as effective use of our time as uh, my time as possible. So well worth reading on that. Chris, a fantastic list there. I think um, we're also heading for the longest show notes in Empath <laughs> podcast history here. This is, this is good stuff. So before we sign off, Chris, tell everyone, and I'm sure that a lot of people who've been listening into the podcast today are going to want to get in touch with you. So how can they connect with you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, wherever it is, your website, email? I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's Chris Danes, D for Delta, A for Alpha, E for Echo, M for Mother, S for Sugar. I've got a really strange surname, so I thought I'd spell it out. Uh, on LinkedIn, if you just search for Chris Dames, that's fine. You'll find me. The website, if you want, want to find out more on AE in a Box, it's just www.aeinabox.co.uk. Or you can look at my practice website, which is principal, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L-I-F-A-S.co.uk. Um, and feel free to email me, Chris, at either AE in a Box or principal ifas chris thank you so much for talking to me today it's been great fun and very informative and very inspiring let me wish you every success for the future and i hope to catch up with you again soon thanks roger i've really enjoyed it thanks for your time thanks for listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review if you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product campaign or business model you'd like to talk about please get in touch you could be the next guest on the show And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?